Well, hello and welcome to Friday. It is uh, time to get it done. Disability Law Show. We are back for another week. Savan Tamarkin, of course, is here. I'm John Scholes, just hosting the show. He does all the heavy lifting, as he does every week. You can always reach out to Savan and his team. Simple toll-free number off the top, one 821 5900 Email that we always go to is help at disabilityrights.ca. And there's also a uh, website called pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca. We'll get to that here in just a, a few moments. And a ton of emails, uh, Savannah, already flooding through, so uh, we're going to get to those briefly as well. But uh, yeah, case of the day, week that was, pal, what do you got cooking on your end? Hey, John, good to be here with you and with our listeners. Let me start off by saying that last week, as you recall, uh, in here in central Ontario, at least, there was tr- a, a tremendous downpour of snow last Friday, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually on Young Street trying to make it up, uh, you know, to, to, to my home uh, north of Toronto. And uh, all I could see everywhere were cars struggling, and I saw some accidents happen in real time. Uh, It it was just crazy. It was like Armageddon there. And I want to remind people out there that, you know, even in situations like this, when there is a big winter storm, I mean, you have to obviously, it goes without saying, drive very carefully. But if you are in an accident... And, and you are injured as a result of an accident, uh, whether it's the driver in your vehicle that was at fault or whether it was another vehicle that hit you, uh, you are potentially entitled to certain benefits if you are injured. Again, I'm talking to the people out there who are injured, the people who know people who are injured, because, of course, after every storm like this, I get a flood of emails and phone calls, people asking for information. They've gone to the doctor, either they or their loved ones, have been injured. Sometimes it's just, you know, back pains, neck pain, soft tissue type injuries, which oftentimes become chronic injuries, prevent them from working or, or make it very difficult to work, to do certain things. And they want to know what kind of benefits are they potentially entitled to. So I want to just have a, a really quick recap, John, in terms of accident benefits and tort claims. And in, in essentially car accident injury claims in Ontario specifically to Ontario, because every province is different, have different laws. So in Ontario, if you're injured as a result of a car accident, you are entitled to accident benefits. It's from your insurance company or the insurance company of the vehicle you were in when you were injured. Now, people ask me, John, also, what happens if I'm a pedestrian? I don't have a car. I don't have car insurance, but I'm struck by a car. Or if you're a cyclist, well, if you don't have automobile insurance, the insurance company of the vehicle that hit you, whether or not it was your fault, that's irrelevant, they will have to pay you accident benefits. And what are those accident benefits? Again, it depends on the severity of your injuries. If your injuries are not very complex, if your injuries, you didn't suffer any fractures or a brain injury, anything really that significant, you are likely to be placed into the minor injury guideline. And that means that you would have typically up to $3,500 from the insurance company for various treatments like physiotherapy, acupuncture, massage, etc. But what happens when you have more significant injuries? Well, there are two categories for those in Ontario. There are the non-catastrophic injuries and then there are the catastrophic injuries. The non-catastrophic ones, typically those are the ones where we're dealing with, with, with fractures, we're dealing with pre-existing issues that have been significantly exacerbated and a whole bunch of other types of injuries. So the more serious injuries, but non-catastrophic, we're not talking about losing limbs, we're not talking about brain injuries, stuff like that. Well, for those ones, typically you have up to $65,000 of medical and rehabilitation benefits uh, for a maximum of five years. 
By the way, you're also entitled potentially to income replacement benefits if you can't work after an accident. Uh, so again, I'm not going to get into all the specifics except to say, John, people should contact me and we will happily give you this information for free. We'll talk to you about your situation and give you this information. Now, let's talk, John, about those kinds of accidents that I typically deal with and people in my office typically deal with, which is where you suffered an injury, not necessarily a fracture or maybe a fracture, maybe a brain injury. Maybe it's a soft tissue injury. Maybe you have neck pain and back pain and any other kinds of pains. Maybe there are psychological issues you've developed. But as a result of all of this, you now have difficulty working. Either you can't work full hours or full duties. And for whatever reason, this seems to be into the foreseeable future. It's not something that you know you think is going to end anytime soon. In other words, you're not back to work within a week after the accident. In those cases, not only are you entitled to potentially income replacement benefits, but you may have also what's called a tort claim. In other words, a legal claim for compensation from the insurance company of the driver responsible for the accident. Again, remember, that driver or that owner of the vehicle could be another car that hits you, or if you're a passenger in a car, it could be the driver of your vehicle. And you know, you and I, John, have talked about this a lot. Like a lot of people, you know, if I'm driving with my wife and I'm I'm the one driving and she's a passenger and we're in an accident and it's my fault, the accident was my fault, she has a legal claim against me. And of course, people would say, Well, I can't go after my spouse. I can't go after my best friend who was driving the car. Remember. Technically, technically, the claim is against that driver, but really it's the insurance company that ends up paying. So, you know, if you don't want to proceed with that and pursue those, those avenues of compensation, that's okay. You don't have to. But think about this way. There is money there that the insurance company has uh, in, in its bank accounts, and it's specifically for those kinds of situations. And if you don't want to access that, that's up to you. But you should be very, very careful to simply say, I'm not going to make that claim because you may need that money. And frankly, the law may entitle you to that money. You're not stealing that money. You've been injured. You have difficulty working or you can't work or you need certain treatments and they're expensive. You are potentially entitled to that claim against whoever was responsible for the accident. And when I'm talking about money here, John, I'm not talking about a thousand bucks or 10,000 bucks. I'm talking about cases where we're dealing with potentially hundreds of of thousands of dollars and in some cases into the millions so you have to be at the very least i tell people contact us so we can talk about your claim it doesn't cost anything no one's going to force you to do anything just like with this show and many other shows we give this information out to people gladly and willingly because we want to educate people about their legal rights when it comes to injuries in ontario and again, guys, that uh, toll-free number just mentioned, one 821 help at Uh We did mention off the top of the show, Savannah Pocket Disability Lawyer.ca. You put this together a few months ago, and it's, uh, it's doing well. Break it down for me. That's right. This is a website that we created last year, actually, and it's basically based on the same idea as the pocket employment lawyer that my partner, Lior, had put together. The idea being that some people, John, do not want to contact a lawyer. For whatever reason, they have their own reasons. They don't want to get pressure. They feel they're going to get pressured. They don't want to speak with a lawyer. They, don't want, they just want to Google the answer to their question. So, for example, let's say you're a long-term disability uh, or you know someone that's a long-term disability or short-term disability for that matter. And that person is being asked to do certain things by the insurance company or that person gets rejected for benefits, right? You get a denial letter. What do you do in that situation? You don't want to call a lawyer. You want to Google it. Now, here's the problem with Googling this. 
you may land, first of all, on an American website, American lawyer's website, or you may land on a law firm's website from a different province, or you may get a whole bunch of other type of incorrect uh, uh, sources of, of information. And what you want is you want accurate and quick answers to your questions. We all do. Whenever we have uh, you know, any medical issue, I think most of us, John, unfortunately, me included, will Google it. So here you go. We created this website. It's a free website. It's quick. It's anonymous. It's accurate. Called pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca. If you have any issues, any questions about your disability claim with a short-term or long-term disability insurance company, go in there and you'll get your answers for free, quickly, anonymously, and accurately. Doesn't cost anything. And if you don't want to contact us after getting the answers to your questions, close down the browser. We're not going to know you were there. But if you want to contact us, at least you'll have that preliminary information. You'll understand what your rights are. Uh, and again, even if it's not for you, you know someone who's on short-term or long-term disability and they may have some issues or some questions, feel free to call us, to email us. Again, it's all free. We don't, we don't charge for any of this. We give this information freely. We talk to people about their cases freely. We advise people freely. But if you do not, do not want to and just want to get the information online, pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca. It's been used thousands of times and people have been sending me emails, really, really good and positive emails, how much they like this website. Try to get through the uh, the first email here before we get into a uh, short break. Savan, this is Elijah. First one up says, guys, was recently in a car accident where I was rear-ended while stopped at a red light by a car going extremely fast. My car was written off due to the damage. I've been on LTD for the past three years, and my friend told me, the friend told him, that uh, since I was already disabled before the accident, I can't claim for my injuries from this accident. Is that true? My LTD is due to mental health issues, including depression and anxiety, mostly from COVID and a death in my immediate family. Uh, I was actually supposed to start a return to work program which has now been put on hold because of the car accident in the accident i tore my left shoulder and broke two ribs lost consciousness for a bit and i'm still feeling dizzy the doctor said that i got a concussion and they're monitoring it i don't know what to do wow okay well elijah right. first of all i mean your situation i'm very sorry for what you've been going through i mean clearly you've had it very very hard you know for the last uh, few years but John, this is an example, a prime example of why pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca or why we are here, why it's so important to get information from people who know what they're doing. This is what we do. We're lawyers. We specialize in long-term disability and uh, injury claims in Ontario, specifically in Ontario, other provinces too, but we're talking about Ontario here. So, so Elijah, let me set the record straight. Number one, your friend is wrong, absolutely wrong. The fact that you had a pre-existing issue uh, that you've been disabled for the last few years, actually, under the law, makes you what's called a vulnerable person. In other words, the person responsible for the accident can't point to the fact that you were already on disability and say, aha, because of that, I don't owe you anything, or the insurance company, uh, I, I should say, for, for that person who hit you. In fact, because you're a vulnerable person, that's on the other side, that's on the guy or the, the, the lady who hits you. It's on the insurance company that's supposed to now pay you. Now, he said something, John, which was absolutely critical here. He says, I was actually supposed to start, supposed to start a return to work program, which has now been put on hold because of the car accident. I mean, if that's not a clear-cut evidence that he is now entitled to potentially significant benefits from the insurance company of the person who hit him, I don't know what is. Yeah. So this is a very, very serious case here, not to mention 
that Elijah was on LTD for depression, anxiety, from COVID, from a death in the family. So these are psychological claims. And in this accident, he suffered significant physical injuries, a torn left shoulder, two broken ribs, God knows what else. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 the point is, John, is that he's entitled to potentially significant, significant compensation, probably into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, if I had to guess, from the insurance company of the vehicle that hit him. And of course, we can help him and advise him because there is an interplay here between the car insurance and the LTD insurance, which we're going to have to talk about. So, Elijah, after the show, let's get in touch. We'll talk about your case. I'll answer all your questions and you will understand what your rights are. Elijah, appreciate the note. And here's that uh, phone number as we get into one short break here. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900. And we continue on the other side with lots more of the Disability Law Show. Hang in there. And welcome back. Disability Law Show. Lots more emails to get through with the remaining time on this uh, this Friday afternoon. To reach out to Savannah anytime after the show, you're always welcome to do so and just have a chat. won't cost you anything, right? one 855 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can always refer to the website. Website even before that, and that would be pocket uh, pocket disability lawyer uh, ca as well. Okay, Daniel's up. Says, guys, I'm on LTD and I'm waiting list uh, on a waiting list to see a psychiatrist. My insurer has offered to pay for an online consultation with one. Am I required to do this? Is there any risk uh, in doing this since it's set up by the insurer? This is a really interesting question, Daniel, and and there are various ways to answer this. So let me give you my thoughts. Uh, number one, if you are uh, on a waiting list to see a psychiatrist, uh, and I don't know how long that waiting list is. Is it for a month from now or is it for a year, two years? I don't know. Now, whenever an insurance company says, we will pay for someone to consult you or to treat you, I always take that with a grain of salt. And the reason is very simple. It could be that the insurance company is truly trying to help you. I mean, if you think about it, it actually makes sense because if they can help you, it means you do not need long-term disability, right? You can go back to work. So it actually makes sense for the insurance company to want you to get better. However, from a practical standpoint, what I have found, and this is why I'm always weary of insurance companies saying you should go to this doctor or this doctor for assessments or treatments, is because I find that Typically, when they select someone to assess you or to treat you, it's someone who is, you know, I'm hesitant to say this, but I'll tell you from my experience, my experience, a lot of these doctors are in the insurance company's pockets. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Why? Well, because think about this way, John. If you're a psychiatrist and you get repeated work from an insurance company, repeated referrals, you want to keep that insurance company happy. Well, how do you keep that insurance company happy? by giving them updates and reports about the people they send you, which are favorable to the insurance company, meaning that they're going to tell the insurance company, oh yeah, this person is able to go back to work. Now, again, I'm not casting a blanket assertion on every doctor that the insurance company taps for assessments or treatments. I'm just telling you from my experience, I find that insurance companies, when they select a doctor to assess you or treat you, there is a reason they selected that specific doctor or why they have that specific list. And by the way, that also comes from my own experience years ago, having worked for insurance companies. I've worked for these insurers. And so what happens is when I had to select someone or I have to uh, uh, go to an orthopedic surgeon or a physiatrist or a psychiatrist, and I was working for the insurance company, I was looking for these experts in those fields, which had a record, a proven record of providing uh, opinions, let's say, 
that are favorable to my client, to the insurance company. I mean, that's just the way the game, quote unquote, because it is a game for the insurance companies, in my view, uh, that's how they operate. And so, Daniel, my, my answer to you is you need to be weary of this. But, here, but here's the problem. If you are not seeing a psychiatrist right now, you're on a waiting list, and let's say the waiting list is long, and the insurance company is offering to pay for an online consultation, um, I don't know if that means that it's a prelude to treatments. If you say that you are not willing to participate, the insurance company may take the position that you are in breach of your policy, of the contract that you have with them. The insurance company may say, in fact, that under the policy, you have an obligation to get reasonable treatments. That's right. yeah. And what they may say is, well, if this was a prelude to treatments and you said, no, guess what? You're in breach. We're going to deny your claim. We're going to cut you off benefits. We're going to tell you we're not going to pay you anymore. So it's like a catch-22 in a way, which is why I would want some more information from Daniel here, John. I would want to understand how long is he on the waiting list. I want to know what kind of issues are we dealing with, how long he's been off work, etc., my gut sense, my gut sense, without knowing more details, is that I would tell Daniel, look, go ahead and do the consultation. I mean, at the very least, at the very least, we're going to get him to see someone. And it could be that that consultant, that psychiatrist is actually f- going to find in his favor, right? The fact that the insurance company selects that consultant, that psychiatrist, doesn't mean necessarily that, that psychiatrist is going to give the insurance company what they want, it's true. notwithstanding everything I said. So, so I, I do think that if you don't have any other option, I think that if you have your own psychiatrist, well, then you do not have to switch to another psychiatrist for treatments that the insurance company is telling you. Again, unless the policy says that, but I've never seen a provision like that in a policy. Uh, but if you are on a waiting list, presumably you have other doctors treating you like a family doctor who are supporting you being off work. So I'm less concerned about a psychiatrist from the insurance company saying that, you know, you're okay to go back to work. But Again, I tell people, John, that it really, you know, when I give consultations, when I talk to people, I do this all the time. I always tell people, do not hesitate to come back. Don't feel like because we talked now for half an hour or 45 minutes. By the way, that just happened to me this past weekend. I was, I was driving somewhere and I was speaking with a lady who is in, has some terrible progressive disease and she's on LTD. And, you know, we talked for about 35 minutes and I could see that she was very kind of sheepish. And said, well, I, I really hope that, you know, I don't have to come back to you with questions. And I said, why? Why? If you have questions, get back to me. It's okay. Not a big deal. If, if I can't answer you now, I'll, I'll answer you later. It's okay. Email me or let's set up a call. Listen, I, I, I don't like the idea that people feel that they're helpless, especially when it's within my purview and my ability to help them. And oftentimes it's this information that I can give people that makes them feel better and empowers them. Because oftentimes when you're dealing with an insurance company, you feel like you have zero power. You feel like the insurance company is this almighty entity. They have billions of dollars. They can just put their thumb on the scale and the thumb on you and you can't do anything. Trust me when I tell you, as a lawyer that's been doing this for almost 20 years, and as a lawyer that has worked for insurance companies in the past, you have a lot more power than you think you do. Most of the power that insurance companies have is derived from you thinking that you have no power against them. Yeah. That's how it works. And if you look at movies out there, you know, especially the John Grisham books where they talk about lawyers and insurance companies, um, I think the movie The Rainmaker, do you remember that, John, yep, with Danny DeVito and Matt yep. Damon? Remember that? Like people think that they have no power. It's not true. If you are legitimately disabled, if you've done everything in your power to get better, if your doctors are supporting you, the insurance company 
can do whatever they think they, they, they want to do. They're not above the law. And when I have people that come to me in dire straits because they can't pay their mortgage, because insurance companies cut them off or deny their claims, I'm telling you, that conversation I have with them, once I understand what the situation is, and I've concluded that they have a good case against the insurance company, my goal in that conversation is not to give them the legal arguments. My goal is to make them understand how much power they actually have and then empower them to allow me to then act on their behalf and seek justice for them. And that's what I think people are looking for, somebody who's going to be in their corner. So so that's my answer. It's a long-winded answer here, Daniel, but I will tell you this. Uh, if you are... If you feel you're in trouble with the insurance company, if you feel that you've gone to this online consultation and the psychiatrist was not being fair to you, if uh, after the consultation, the insurance company says, we're not going to pay you, make sure that you call me immediately and we will talk about your legal options. It's interesting, Daniel, too. I mean, he's he's waiting to see a psychiatrist, but he's obviously been to another doctor. I mean, if things go sideways on him with whatever this person is set up by the insurance company, you know, he's also got the backing of his own doctor saying, no, 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 I disagree. Even though we're waiting for a psychiatrist, I have to give my opinion as well. So he's got someone in his corner medically, too, right? You're 100% correct. In fact, he starts his email by saying, I am on LTD and I am on a waiting list to see a psychiatrist. Well, you can't get on LTD without having a doctor right. or someone that's treating you saying this person is disabled at this point in time from performing the essential tasks of their occupation. Because the insurance company, if you did that, if you simply applied for long-term disability or short-term disability, the insurance company would say no, unless you have a backing of a treatment provider, generally a doctor. And so you're absolutely right. Daniel has someone already in his corner. But I think, I think that the, the fear always is that, you know, people are skeptical of insurance companies as they should be, as they should be. I don't care how good or how great your relationship is with your insurance adjuster. That insurance adjuster is not looking out for your best interest. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. The insurance adjuster is looking for the best interest of its master, the insurance company, and their goal is to make as much money as they can, which means not paying you if they can avoid it. Our job is to make sure you understand your rights and you get all the benefits that you are owed. And if that doesn't happen, well, that's when we use the legal process to exert pressure. And trust me, once we do that, the insurance company will pay. Don't ever be afraid to reach out to Savan. Uh, think about it over the weekend, and you can uh, get back to him anytime. Here's that phone number as we get out of here for the uh, the end of the Friday show, one 855 Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help, uh, Help at disabilitylawyer.ca. And one more time, that website, pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you next time. Enjoy your weekend right here on the Disability Law Show.